You're listening to audio from Holy Cross Church in Tucson, Arizona. To find more resources and learn more about our ministry, please visit HolyCrossTucson.com. It's always a joy to be to be with my church family here at Holy Cross. And uh, as Pastor Pete mentioned, we're going to be looking today at this theme of of suffering. Yeah, I know. We're just coming off Thanksgiving. And maybe it doesn't seem like a time when we want to be thinking about about suffering. But I want you to see this morning from God's Word that a lot of times suffering is the first step towards thanksgiving. If you would, please open your Bibles to uh, or navigate on your screen. I'm not used to that yet, but you can do that. Or it'll be up here. Second uh, Corinthians chapter one, and uh, just before I read, let me let me just seek God's favor once again. Lord, you know where each of us is in our lives. You know where we're where we're struggling, where we're feeling joy where we're feeling happy you know all those things you know the whole range of emotions we've experienced even through this holiday season lord we thank you that your word speaks to us wherever we are in life we ask today that as we look into your word together that your holy spirit would Speak to each of us at the point of our individual need and minister to us there. We thank you. We trust you to do that. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Second <clears throat> Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. This is the word of God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort also. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and He will deliver us. On Him we have set our hope, that he will deliver us again. You also must help us 
by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. This is the word of God. One way the Bible teaches us about the nature of God is through the names of God or the different appellations or descriptions that are given to him. The Apostle Paul will often describe God with the phrase, the God of, followed by something. For example, he is the God of love and peace. He is the God of hope. In another place, he is the God of endurance and encouragement. The point is that whatever our need, God is equipped to meet it. In today's passage, the Lord is described as the God of all comfort. Now, it's a timeless topic because Christians regularly suffer tragedy and loss. Even this past week, our church body had a special time of prayer for the Booth family, and we share in their pain at the loss of a precious child. This particular passage that we're looking at today, I was asked to preach on on Palm Sunday of this year. I wasn't scheduled to preach at this church in Uganda, but our pastoral intern, a young man named Robert, uh, had just had a tough couple of weeks. Three Mondays, no, sorry, two Mondays, before he was to preach on this text, he did share this text at the graveside of his infant child. His wife wasn't able to make it to the service because she wasn't well. She was still in the hospital. And on Friday of that same week, she succumbed to the complications of childbirth. Here he was, lost his 29-year-old wife, beautiful woman. I'd known this guy since he was in middle school. I'd performed the, their wedding ceremony. And seeing him suffer this loss and a two-year-old daughter now and being a single parent, he said, Pastor, I just, I just can't handle preaching. I said, Robert, I understand. Please, I understand. It's when suffering and the pain is raw that the comfort is most needed. The passage before us is about suffering, but also about comfort. Now, when you see the, a word repeated in the scripture in any passage, you know that the writer is trying to draw emphasis to a particular topic. In this short paragraph, uh, the uh, verbs and nouns for comfort, which presuppose suffering, occur ten times. And three times you, you see the word for suffering, or, or three times for trouble and four times for suffering. So altogether, 17 times in five verses, 
you have some kind of reference to suffering. I think the apostle is trying to make a point here. Yet, Paul introduces the paragraph by blessing God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be, blessed be God. In times of trouble, unbelievers often curse God. That was the advice Job's wife gave to him. Why don't you just curse God and die? Uh, but the Bible offers us a better alternative. It's called the lament. You heard Pete talk about a book in the announcement time, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. It really is an excellent book. And Mark uh, Vrogup defines lament in that book like this. Lament is a prayer in pain that leads to trust. We're in pain, deep pain. And in that pain, we're crying out to God. But ultimately, it leads to trust. He goes on to explain that lament is how we learn to live between the poles of a hard life and a good God, God's goodness. In the biblical lament, people are brutally honest with God. So honest that it makes many Christians uncomfortable just to read it. Read some of those Psalms of lament. More than once I found myself squirming as I read it. You don't talk to God like that. Well, they did. They did. They could tell God exactly how they felt. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, God's big enough to handle it. You can tell them exactly what you're feeling. And these biblical writers never stuff their emotions. Uh, they never deny their pain. They just get it out there where they can deal with it. Here's the dilemma. We believe that God is sovereign. He can do what's best for us. We believe that God is wise. He knows what's best for us. We believe that God is loving. He'll do what's best for us. And yet what we know in our head doesn't match the anguished cry of our hearts when we're in suffering and in pain. The lament enables us to process our pain in such a way that we trust God instead of cursing Him. Think, for example, about the tragedy I mentioned earlier of Job. He had suffered so, so much. The loss of his children, the loss of his health, the loss of his possessions. And note his response. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Many of the Psalms detail the troubles and afflictions of the psalmist, but end on a note of praise like this one. The Lord lives, and blessed be my rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. 
I believe that the Apostle Paul had worked through the process of lament in his own life before he penned the words that we read in this letter of blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you notice how he describes God as the Father of mercies? There's another one, the God of all comfort, the Father of mercies. Mercy originates with God. Satan is the father of lies, but God is the father of mercies. His mercies are fresh and constant. I can only imagine the pain that the prophet Jeremiah must have been experiencing as he saw the city of Jerusalem in ruins before him. The city that was not only the capital of his country, but the city that was the place that God had, had designated for the worship of the true God. The temple was destroyed so that not one stone was standing on top of another. And in the midst of this great pain, he wrote this book called Lamentations, which is five poetic laments. They, they're actually acrostics. They go from the first letter to the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet in each of the five chapters. In other words, it's like lament from A to Z. But right in the middle of that, he writes in Lamentations 3, but I call this to mind, therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Great is your faithfulness. The fact that we are here today is evidence of God's mercy. Without it, we wouldn't even survive the day. Well, the challenge is pretty clear for us, isn't it? Don't lose your perspective. No matter what you're going through, God continues to be the Father of mercies. And along with being the Father of mercies, He's called the God of all comfort. In verse 4, we see the main idea that Paul develops in the text. He comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Here's the thought. The God of all comfort comforts us so that we in turn may be able to comfort others. Now that statement should lead us to confess our need. We need God's comfort. I need God's comfort. You need God's comfort. We all need God's comfort. Paul needed God's comfort and he was an apostle. Paul shared in Christ's sufferings. You know, Christians who are persecuted for their faith are sharing in the sufferings of their Savior. No one knew this better than the Apostle Paul. Before he was called the Apostle Paul, he was known as Saul of Tarsus. And he was on the other end of the persecution. He was actually going, trying to arrest Christians and take them in chains for trial and voting against them when they were sentenced to death. And yet one time as he was traveling on the road to Damascus, 
far, far away in a different country of Syria to arrest who, any Christ followers there might be there on the way. He met the Lord. There was a bright light, so bright that it blinded him. And there was a voice from heaven that said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? He knew it was the Lord, but he didn't know who he was. And the voice answered, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Don't miss the point. He wasn't persecuting Jesus. He didn't think he was. He was persecuting those who follow Jesus. But you see, those who follow Jesus are the body of Christ. And whatever you do to the body, you do to the head. So, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Paul speaks in this case in particular of his experience in the country of Asia or the province of Asia as it was then. It wasn't the continent that we know of Asia today, but only a province known as Asia Minor or Western Turkey. The largest uh, city in that province was the city of Ephesus. Um, very interesting city to, to visit, by the way, if you get a, get a chance, as much of the ancient city has been excavated. Ephesus is the place where, where Paul spent more time than any other place on his missionary journeys. And yet he had such intense affliction there that he despaired of life itself. You can read about his experience in Acts 19. I don't really want to take the time to, to read it right now, but just to summarize it, Paul had been preaching the gospel. A lot of people had come to Christ, so they were turning from their false idols and worshiping the true and living God. Well, the people who made the idols weren't very happy about that, the silversmiths. And so they started an uprising uh, because they, their economy, their, their, their business was being hurt. So they started an uprising against uh, Paul and all of the Christians. And it became such a riot that Paul was afraid that he was going to die. And the brothers were trying to protect him from this mob that was to put him to death. There's nothing like despairing of life to, to make us confess our need of God's comfort. But it doesn't have to be a situation quite that grim. We all need God's comfort. Our circumstances may vary, but our need remains the same. In verses 3 and 4, the, the word all keeps on being repeated. He's the, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our, our affliction. This is the idea that no matter what our, our circumstances, there are different kinds of troubles, different kinds of sorrows, uh, different kinds of afflictions in life, but the God of all comfort comforts us in all 
our afflictions. Sometimes we suffer because of our stand for Christ, but often it's for another reason. We may be suffering because of the consequences of our own foolish choices, or sinful choices for that matter. Perhaps you're suffering because of something that someone else has done to you. It wasn't your fault. It may be that your suffering is totally unrelated to anything that you or anyone else has done. It's just part of life in a fallen world. Not only the reason, but the form of our sufferings can, can vary greatly. We could be the victim of a physical or verbal assault, or we may have suffered the loss of a loved one. We may be dealing with sickness or a serious health issue. And even financial pressure is an affliction. Uh, interestingly, the word that Paul uses for affliction in this text carries the idea of pressure. But whatever the reason and whatever the form, we all suffer. And thus we all need God's comfort. The good news is that we can receive that comfort and we receive it by faith. We receive God's comfort by faith. Paul explains in verse 9, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. And again in the next verse, on him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. As long as Paul thought that he could manage everything on his own, he wouldn't see his need of God. But when his circumstances were beyond his own ability to handle, that's when he had to rely on God. And then, and only then, did he receive God's comfort. I hope you see the point. God wants us to trust Him. The greatest affliction that any of us could ever suffer is the just punishment that our sins deserve from a holy God. We could do nothing to remove that affliction, but God provided the comforting salvation we need by sending His Son to endure that punishment for us when he died for our sins on the cross. When we come to the end of ourselves and trust in him and rely on him, we receive his great gift of salvation. And that same principle, coming to the end of ourselves and trusting in God, applies to every affliction that we undergo in this life. When I was a, a young Christian, I wanted so hard, I wanted so badly to, to live a life that was pleasing to God. And I wanted to never sin. Now that's a good goal. Really good goal. But it always frustrated me that no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't avoid sinning. And it took some time before I finally realized that if I could attain sinless perfection, I wouldn't need God. I wouldn't need Jesus. 
God wants us to trust him. And that's why the Christian life is characterized by re ongoing repentance from sin and faith in Christ. When I teach this in Uganda, I, I talk about walking in the spirit. And I said, OK, you're going to name your your left foot repent and you're going to name your right foot believe. And then I have everybody get up and we walk around as we're this is how you walk in the spirit. Repent of your sins and believe in Christ. Repent. I'm a big sinner. Believe I have a big savior. This is what God wants from us. He wants us to know how much we need him in our in our daily lives. Your particular affliction is no different, at least in this respect. The design of it is to force you to trust God. As you rely on him in faith, you will experience his comfort. Life in a fallen world will never be free from sin, sickness, suffering or sorrow. God never promised us a life without tears. But he does promise to wipe away every tear from our eyes. That's divine comfort. Once we receive God's comfort, we have the great privilege and important responsibility of sharing it with others. Paul makes it very clear in the passage that the comfort that he received was not for his own benefit alone, but for that of the Corinthians as well. He said how God comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. And he goes on to say, it's especially for you. If we're afflicted, it's for your comfort and salvation. And if we're comforted, it's for your comfort. Did you notice the use of all and any in verse 4? God comforts us in all our affliction so that we can comfort those who are in any affliction. In other words, this comfort that we receive from God is transferable. The Corinthians' affliction may not have been exactly the same as Paul's, but he could still pass on the comfort that he received from God to them. So it is with us, just as everyone suffers affliction and needs God's comfort, so everyone who receives the comfort is to share it with others. God has called each one of us to this ministry of consolation. Again, you don't have to have gone through the same thing. You don't have to go have lost a child to comfort someone who's lost a child. You don't have to have gone through a divorce to comfort someone who's going through a divorce. But you do need to have experienced God's comfort in some way in your life so that you can pass that on to others. Let me list 
a few ways that we can comfort other people with God's comfort. In the first place, we can comfort them by our very presence, just being there. Even Job's miserable comforters did a pretty good job the first week before they started opening their mouths. Their presence was comforting. You can be an instrument of God's comfort just by being there for people. Second way you can minister God's comfort is through prayer. The last verse of our text reads, You also must help us by prayer, so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Pray for people who are afflicted, but also, if possible, pray with them. Pray with them. In, in doing so, you can be uh, an instrument to help grant the blessing of God's comfort. And a third suggestion I want to make to you is that you can be a comfort to other people by pointing them to Jesus. Not in a self-righteous way, please. But, but in a way that here's where there's hope. I know I've hurt and I've been hurting, but I know where comfort is found and it's found in Jesus Christ alone. When you point people to Jesus, you are ministering God's comfort. We really do this anytime we're evangelizing, if you think about it. Someone has described evangelism, sharing the good news about Jesus. Evangelism is one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. And this is it. We were in great need. We found our need met in Christ. And so we can help others who have that same need to find their need met in Christ. In every other affliction, though, the solution is the same. We need Jesus. You may even be able to testify as Paul did how God brought you through a terrible trial so that they too will be encouraged to trust God in their time of trial. As a recipient of God's comfort, each one of you today, I want, I want to encourage you to, to put up your mercy antennae uh, so that you notice the opportunities that God brings your way to minister his comfort to others. There have been plenty of times in my life when there have been opportunities that I totally missed because I was just oblivious. And then later I think, whoa, here was an opportunity God gave me and I missed it. So I need to learn to pray for myself to be sensitive to other people's needs. Some of you are more naturally sensitive than I am, so it'll come more naturally. But all of us need to, uh, to be looking for those ministries, to be looking to the, for those opportunities to minister to others. And as you do, God will use you. He will use you to minister his comfort to others. Thanks for listening to this audio from Holy Cross Church. Visit us at holycrosstucson.com to find more resources and connect with us.